Welcome to Riding the Waves of Life, a Boundary Family Services podcast. families. We are here today with Erin Perkins. She's the Literacy Outreach Coordinator from the Columbia Basin Alliance for Literacy, which is CBAL. She's here to talk to us today about food literacy. So welcome, Erin. Thank you very much, Mel. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Anything to do with food and finances is always something I'm very passionate about. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you today about this. I know CBAL is usually associated just with like literacy. When you think of literacy, you think of reading and writing. And yet those are part of them. But literacy is also just being able to function in the world. And that can be mean anything. That can mean you need some social literacy skills. That could mean that you need some financial literacy skills that could mean you need some cooking skills. And so uh, Seaball has always been introducing families to cooking through our program called Alphabet Soup, which is very popular, but Love we've started that to do I know it is such yeah. a great one and it will be back again. We've uh, done various virgin versions of it over the pandemic. But Cooking on a Budget is a newer one that we've been doing. It's for uh, adults. And um, I've been delivering it for the last two years at the Transition House for the second stage program with the Boundary Women's Coalition. Uh, So these are women who have lost everything and uprooted their entire entire lives for various reasons. And so it's it's a really, it's a hard time in their lives. And so it's really important to reintroduce them to how to budget, uh, reintroduce them to cooking. And it's been a very successful program to the point that the Boundary Women's Coalition has now taken over that aspect of the program. They're delivering themselves, which is great. I love it when people are inspired by things we do, and then they take them on themselves. And so I'm going to be delivering Cooking on a Budget for the um, Boundary Food Bank this year. We're doing four sessions. uh, So I'm very excited to to bring that to the community again. That's wonderful. What a good idea. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. You know, a lot of us actually in the Boundary, especially, uh, we tend to be kind of self-sufficient homesteading kind of people. A lot of us are, but not every Everyone. And so even the basics, like how to make chicken broth out of chicken bones, isn't mm-hmm. something that everybody knows how to do. And yet that is such an important thing to know how to do to feed your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nowadays, it, it's even even more so coming out of this pandemic we are looking at food inflation that is just absolutely astronomical, but our wages are going up. Our subsidies are going up. Nothing's going up except for the price of food. I have a lovely story to tell you. My husband doesn't always uh, go grocery shop. So he hadn't been in the grocery shop grocery store for probably a few months and he was in there a few weeks ago and he was looking at the he was in the meat section and he could see these seniors lined up looking at the meat and you could tell that they were really contemplating what they could even afford to buy and it made him so sad he almost wanted to go I think and and buy all their groceries for them because this is a reality now it's it's going to be this or that it's not going to be this and that and that's uh that's scary especially for people already marginalized anyway they're already we're living on such a tight budget yeah how are they how are they surviving this so I'm hoping things like cooking on a budget will help with understanding how to read labels, uh, understand quantities. Have you ever gone, have you ever looked, really looked at the produce section and realized that some things are in pounds and some things are in kilograms? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, no? I, I worked at a grocery store for 14 years 
as an assistant manager. So it's, it's funny how people actually shop with the imperial system instead of metric. When it comes to produce, we tried switching over to the metric system and it everybody lost it. They just couldn't handle it because all the prices looked like they were super high, right? Because it was per kilogram instead of pound. And they were just like, what is this? And we're like, it's all, it's in kilograms. And they're like, no, put it back. So we did. It is meats the same way, right? So it's interchanged all the time, which makes it very misleading. Mm-hmm. The price of something. And it's hard to, harder to compare. So you really have to look at your labels and start doing the math, right? And yeah. so for some people, that's that's really difficult. I, I'm not very good at math either. So I always find it, you know, I really have to do a double take. So try doing that with a couple of kids in tow. Oh, yes. Who have no patience. And you're trying to do the math on everything um, because your budget is super tight and you need to do that, right? We should all be doing that anyway. Even if your budget isn't tight, why be handing over money that isn't necessary? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's only going to get worse. They are projecting the inflation rate is just going to get a little higher uh, before it gets better again. And if they do correct it, there's other ramifications to that as well. So, Mm -hmm. which is very concerning in terms of housing prices. Well, and on top of the pandemic, it's also been that with the heat dome, and then with the washouts, it the heat dome caused crops to fail. And then the washouts also have caused a large swath of farming land to be ruined. That's causing prices to go up in the grocery store too. Yeah. I do have to say, we live in a really special place in the boundary. Mm. We're on the edge of the Okanagan. So we actually have access to reasonably priced produce yes. in the season. Yeah. And to remember that, that there is, we do have some power and we also have the ability to grow things. Even if you're living in an apartment, mm-hmm. you can grow things yes. for minimal cost. So I don't know if you've seen some of my posts on Facebook yes. recently. So I love your growing closet. It's great. my living, living pantry. I call yeah. It. Your pantry. Yeah. My living pantry. So basically all it is, is one of those cheap wood shelves mm-hmm. with some led grow lights attached to it. That's all it is. Oh, and then there's a curtain around it because I have cats and they're fascinated by it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I just used some old shower curtains. So white shower curtains I had, Mm -hmm. I'd washed up cloth ones and we put little hooks around the top and then we close it in when we need to. And we open it up when we need to. It also helps with retention for moisture and stuff. We we heat with wood so it can get dry and that's it. And I got a few bins and then I bought some seeds, but I also harvest seeds. So lettuce is a really easy one to let go to seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as long, so just let one variety at a time go to seed so that you're not doing too much cross-pollination, but one, just one plant going to seed is thousands of oh um, yeah lettuce seeds, right? So you, you're set. And lettuce just wants to go to seed. I find it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's like. You have this short window to pick your lettuce until it's like, bing, and you're like, oh. <laughs> now it's So it's really easy. Good. It just does it, right? And then you let them yeah. dry out. You hang yeah. them up, you shake them, you get a little bit of the shaft. It doesn't really matter. You just throw it in in handfuls into these containers yeah. with soil, put some more soil on top, and you've got lettuce. Yeah. Uh, so think about, you buy one of those little tiny containers of lettuce for, for a family. You're buying the $8 one, $8, yes. $9 one, right? Yeah. Uh, and you think about how many times you cut, like, so I just trim the lettuce and then mm-hmm. let it grow again, trim the lettuce. So I do that for about three months. Yeah. So think about how many of those containers you've been buying over yeah. those three months and the led lights have paid for themselves. I think we got 
I want to say we got a dozen for about $68 on Amazon. Oh. So they weren't terribly priced. No. And I mean, they're LED. They're going to last forever. They're super light. I they're all, it's all indoors. I don't have to worry about bugs or anything like that. It's just regular soil. I put a little compost in there. Um, But you don't even have to do that. Like they're pretty easy. I also have kale and spinach. I'm growing like that. Nice. Um, I also started some of my onions and things, but that's, that goes a little a little higher level yeah that's planning for for future planting in the garden but if you're trying to just have like your herbs and your lettuces that's amazing yeah yeah all year super fast yeah yeah and and really for very minimal cost so that that's a really easy way even in it doesn't matter where you are these plants are never going outside so you i just have them in the corner of my dining room yeah and the natural light is lovely too so that's saving a lot of money Mm -hmm. in the long term right so Mm -hmm. it it's about having those, you could do it on a much smaller scale. I have four shelves and 12 lights and, you know, it's a little, little yeah. other crazy. I do homestead. So, you know, it's, it's a bigger level, but it doesn't have to be. So that that's a simple way of just getting your greens, very expensive mm-hmm. to buy it, really inexpensive to do it this way. You can order lettuce seeds in bulk. You can actually order them um, even through like West coast seeds and stuff. Right. Uh, so you can buy like a bigger, bigger container of them. It'll last yeah. you a lot longer. So Stats Canada did a big study uh, about the inflation rate. And so there was a bunch of stories that came out that were really interesting. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of information. So you're not imagining it. It is costing more to go to the grocery store in an insane amount. So we have this inflation rate of 6.5%, which is the biggest year over year jump in grocery bills in more than a decade. But our wages haven't gone up like that. No. I think they said since the 90s, something there was an inflation yeah. rate in the 90s and it's meeting that or exceeding that yeah. right now. Yeah, it is. So meat, bread and fruit are some of the bigger, bigger ones that are really pushing mm-hmm. up. And it's not just about the supply. There's a lot of other factors going on in there. But I think, you know, when the pandemic hit, I think we really actually came to a huge realization and a realization that actually I always like to compare this. During World War II, England realized that they had been importing 80% of their food. Right. And it was a horrible realization. And the government thought, we've got to do something about this. And so they created the land army. And these were women who served in farms in England through the entire war to help feed the nation. But they also created and produced these manuals on how to grow things because they realized not only were they not producing their food, they lost the ability to do it. They right. lost the knowledge to do it in a generation. Like it wasn't very long. Yeah. Uh, and this is very general. Not everybody mm-hmm. had lost that ability. A lot of people still had farms and things, but the general population had lost the ability and knowledge to have a plot to grow their own vegetables. And so uh, the government's like, we have to do something about this. And that's what they did. They created the land army and they created manuals so people could actually do food themselves. And it became very trendy to to rip up all your, your flower gardens and put in your, your food. Well, they called Uh, them victory gardens, didn't they? Victory gardens. Yes. The victory gardens. Everyone should have a victory garden and they have their little, little uh, garden plots. And often your plot actually wouldn't be on your attached to your house. You'd go out to it. Uh, 
my mom, who was born in 1951, so she's just after the war, has had memories as a little girl of her dad and her going on the bus to go to their garden plot. Nice. Uh, their allotment, they would call yeah. it. <laughs> and to go and pick their vegetables for the week and water and weed mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think that we're going to start going towards that again. We have some great community gardens, uh, even yes. in Grand Forks, people who can't afford to put up, who live in a townhouse or um, mm-hmm. an apartment or can't afford to put up the fencing because of the deer can also get a garden plot. And a lot of communities have those. I'm actually surprised we don't have more of them. Uh, maybe someday we will. I actually even, I used to work and live in the Northwest Territories and in Inuvik, which is 200 kilometers above the Arctic Circle. Yes. We had a community garden, would you believe? That's <laughs> awesome. awesome. It was an old arena that uh, was all covered in. So it was a greenhouse mm-hmm. and there was a race to get a plot. It was like craziness yeah. to get this plot for your year. Well, cause and vegetables up there, like they're few and far between. Like you just don't. We had the fruit guy. He would yeah. come up the Dempster highway from the lower mainland, probably every two weeks. And you would plunk down any penny you had to, to get yeah. fresh produce because it looked better than the stuff that we were getting on the planes. And you seriously would pay $20 for watermelon. And yeah. sadly, I think that we're actually sitting where we're going to be paying $20 for watermelon here too. So it's, it's happening to us with the North yeah. has already been living through sadly. Some of the in- other interesting stats, Canadians paid 7.4% more for bakery products in January compared with a year ago, just a year Wow. An extra 16.5% for margarine and 12.1% more, more for condiments, spices, and vinegars. Well, you can make a lot of your own condiments for yes. a lot less. So that one is actually, you know, and you can bake your own stuff if you want. Although flour, you have to get it on sale. If it's not on sale, it's in the same price as well. Uh, starting to go up a lot. Well, I don't know if this is something that you teach or that you've done is that you can also grind your own flour in a blender. I can grind a blender, <laughs> yeah. So here's the interesting thing. Flour does go bad. So yeah. buying it in bulk and not keeping it cool, it can go bad and you can get weevils in it, which is really disgusting. Yeah. Extra <laughs> so, protein. <laughs> yeah, a little extra protein, which, you know, years ago, that would have been fine. You can, if you buy the whole grain, it has a longer shelf life because yeah, it, it hasn't been ground down and you, the endosperm and everything isn't exposed. Yeah. So you're, well, it's essentially yeah. a seed, right? Yeah. 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 So that is another way to do it. If you want to go really hardcore, Mel, you do this, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Well, I do with like other things like nut flowers and oat flowers and stuff. I'll do it with that because it's a lot cheaper to just buy the raw nuts and and oats. But yeah, because you like get those tiny little bags of (laughs) special flowers that are like $15 (laughs) or more. So yes, I do it with that, but I I don't do it for flour. I buy flour, (laughs) but I know that I could, if I wanted to, and and it's not, yeah, it's really cost effective if I need to. And there's that point about, you know, having that, having the knowledge at least to do something yeah. is really important. I mean, now we have the internet, so you can actually just Google, la la la, mm-hmm. I want to grind my own grain. How do I do it? And it's there. There is a lot of homesteaders out there who are putting a lot of great quality videos up on YouTube of how to do just about anything. So that is a great way to get your information. If you're curious about how to process something. Mm-hmm. So as these prices are going up higher and higher, there's things that we need to do to get costs or we're not eating. And we have kids that are going hungry already in our community and we need yes. to 
we need to educate people about how to how to feed themselves, how to feed their families, yeah. you know. Well, we have the community hamper program happening right now, which mm-hmm. has been really helpful for a lot of families. So that that's something that if families are struggling, they can contact the front desk at Boundary Family Services and just ask about the community hamper program. And then you just get order form, like a piece of paper that tells you what they have in the pantry. And then you just fill it out and, and hand it in and then you can go get it or and I don't know if they do it now, but they were doing that you could just go and shop too in the pantry. Well, nothing costs anything, but um, shops in quotations, but you can go and kind of select things that you need. A lot of what like the food bank gets, and I don't know if if this is what you guys get as well. They get a lot of food that is the basic. So, which is great. So you get a lot Mm -hmm. of beans and you get a lot of rice and all the basic staple foods. Um, But a lot of people don't know how to deal with beans that are dry. Yeah, Yeah. So knowing how to, to deal with the ingredients that you're getting at the food bank is also crucial as well. And it's, and you have to be flexible, right? You kind of have to go by the fly. When I'm teaching cooking on a budget, I always talk to the women who are also food bank clients. And I say to them, what are you getting most of? And then they'll tell me, and then we actually deliver our recipes based on the things that we seem to be getting a lot of that month or those months that we're teaching it uh, to help them in dealing with it. You just kind of, yeah. And, and, you know, when you're gardening, you also have to go by the fly. Like we have an abundance of cucumbers this week. Everybody eat their quota. Yeah. But then you're like zucchini. reinventing like that's a zucchini and, you know, like, and tomatoes. It, <laughs> you get super creative, right. With whatever you've got, yeah. which is really important too, is just trying to be creative and having fun with the food that you're getting. And also how to preserve that food in a way that it's not just all going to go bad during harvest season you know, when you have, you know, apple trees and stuff, if you happen to have fruit trees, or fruit trees mm-hmm. around, you get an abundance all at once. Like, it's not like you can just kind of take one or two at a time, like you, you got a, a ton. So knowing what to do with that, so it doesn't all go to waste. Yeah. yeah, that's really important. And as going back to what we we're talking about, about, we do live in a land of abundance. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. When things are in season, there's so much of it. And it's actually very inexpensive. And so how do you deal with that? you need to think ahead about what is in season and what you can, you know, like condiments, if condiments are going up that much, I mean, good grief, you can make your own ketchup. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. And the same with, cu- you know, cucumbers, you can make your own pickles and things again, not horribly expensive to do and not hard. You just have to plan for it because yeah. uh, it's a very short window. Sometimes the farmer's market is a great place to go to see what's in store mm-hmm. squash. Squash are the underloved vegetable, but they store so darn well, you know, it's, and even in an apartment, you can slide those squash underneath your bed. Yeah. Especially ages. And you have to wash the outside of it with a disinfectant Mm -hmm. just because that's what actually causes them to mold. But yeah, they'll last forever if you wash the outside and just stick them somewhere cool. Yep. Potatoes. We live in potato country here. Like you can get, you can go to Nick's feed and you can get a 25 pound bag of potatoes for a very reasonable price. Yeah. But if there's just, if you're a senior, that might not be such a great thing. So you could always share that with other people and just have bags that you take home. Do not keep apples with potatoes or any of the other root vegetables, apples off gas quite a bit. Right. So yeah. So they'll cause them to deteriorate really fast, but any cool cupboard in your house can be used as a, a storage. It's not perfect. It's not going to keep your stuff forever, but it definitely gives you more life Yeah, during when it's actually cheaper. And they do have the winter, winter farmer's markets. So you can yeah. still get apples and stuff from, from Val Rokoff. I'm pretty sure still sells them because um, she has a storage at her farm. Right. So they're being stored correctly. 
all the things you get in the grocery store, all the apples you get in the grocery store are just being stored somewhere. Yeah. They're not, they're from last fall. It's pretty easy. Apples can be frozen. Apples Mm -hmm. can be dried. Apples can be made into applesauce. Apples are amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Really frozen vegetables. Okay. So when you and I were kids, frozen vegetables definitely were something that happened a lot in the winter time. It's funny how we have suddenly suddenly over the last uh, probably 20 years decided it's okay to have fresh strawberries in February. Why is that? (laughs) I know. Why why do we think that that's a necessary or even sane thing to have eating in season is a great way to save money. Understanding when things are at their peak is a really great thing to do. So to save money and also for the nutritional impact as well Mm -hmm. and freezing your own. So I freeze a lot of fruit uh, especially if I don't have time for anything else, I freeze fruit because yeah. fruit does not have to be blanched. You can pop it in, you just chop it all up and you just pop it into the freezer. Yeah. I do have one of those food saver, you know, those vacuum sealers. Yes. Once I vacuum seal something and the seal stays good, I get two or three years out of something. So mm-hmm. I have blueberries from two years ago that we didn't quite get to, you know, they're still fine. They're totally fine. Even if I dehydrate cherries, for example, I still freeze, I still seal them like that and put them in the freezer. They're good for years. Yeah. No problem at all. And you can um, bake with them and make sauces with them and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You can just stick them into anything. Like any, any mom who knows you start shoving you know, zucchini. I actually uh, shred the zucchini ahead of time and put mm-hmm. them in packages that are pre-measured. Yeah. For the recipes I like to use. Yep. So it's a no brainer just to frost it, take all the excess liquid off and then put it into the zucchini bread that I'm making or zucchini cake or whatever. Uh, Great way to use zucchini up real fast. Oh yeah. Uh, You can also stick it in all your sauces too. Oh, I stick it in everything. They don't even know. (laughs) They don't even know. (laughs) It's great. I actually take, you know, when you go to the store and you can get those packages of spinach, yeah. I take kale and I do the same thing. Yeah. I actually blanch it real quick. And blanching means you put it over hot water for, or in, in, in the case of, of kale and things like that, I actually just steam it, um, right. but you can actually submerge it right in the water uh, for a few minutes. And you're basically killing all the bacteria and halting the uh, decomposition process of the right. plant. And then I chop it all up and I actually put them in little balls mm-hmm. and freeze them in balls and then I put them in bags and then I can take them out and they take no time at all to defrost and I just chop them up and throw them into sauces. Yeah, we love and- kale in this house. Kale and spinach are main. We don't eat much lettuce, but kale and spinach are our go-tos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have intense qualities to them. So it's that's a that's a great way to when kale is like in abundance and you can grow your own kale because it is super easy. Man, uh, kale am- like Kale starts early and goes mm-hmm. all the way till like, even when it's snowing, yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, yeah. I still have kale. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's such a workhorse, right? It's yeah. uh, interesting. I'm curious to see as, uh, as climate change changes things, how we're growing. I yeah. had a horrible time with peas last year because it was just too hot, but I haven't had a good time with peas for two years now. <laughs> like yeah. why beans, beans were okay, but the peas yeah. just burnt so fast it's just taking that time to process and making it part of your routine that's so important yeah. i know it's a bit of extra work for you and i it's kind of part of our lifestyle so it's it's just a no-brainer oh it's apple 
season and we're pressing apples and, you know, and the, and get the getting the kids involved because yes. here's the other piece is the education part of it, mm-hmm. teaching them how to feed themselves. That's part of our job. Our yeah. job is to teach them to function in today's world. And part of that is learning how to process their own food so that they are not having to spend so much money on it. Yeah. So investing in a, in a few pieces of equipment, like a dehydrator in the long run, uh, is I think worth it. I yeah. use my dehydrators a lot, a yeah. lot to save money and maybe baking some of your own muffins instead of buying them from the store. It also means you can control the sugar levels in them. Mm-hmm. And really pre-processed food is, is horrible. Yeah. Uh, the prices go up significantly and the tr- nutritional impact on them is minimal. Yeah. So it's just burning your money really. So, yeah, it's all super processed. So it's not, mm. there's, yeah, they, they actually really work hard to take a lot of the nutrition out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they do. And I think yeah. of it like, cause I'm also, I, I used to be a photographer. And so when you take a photo, a digital photo, and then you put it onto Photoshop or a digital editing computer program, every time you alter something in the photo, you are actually taking away digital information and degrading the photo slowly. Right. So when you are processing food, every time you add a layer of processing to it, you are degrading the nutritional quality yeah. of food in the same way. Yeah. So every hand it passes through, it's just that much mm-hmm. less of it is left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're making your own spaghetti sauce, you've taken them off of the vine or you've bought a big flat of them, you know, from the yeah. grocery store, or from the farmer's market, you're processing them by the way i totally do not take i take i seed them but i never take the the skins, skins off. off of them yeah i actually yeah. just i just pre-raid them all because that's where all the nutrition is so you know you're processing them down and then that's it it's yeah. touched you once right yeah and then and then the next time you're just going to be reheating it I, I even freeze it quite frankly i just yeah just reheat it and you're, you're good to go the spaghetti sauce that you have in the store has has a lot more processes than that so yeah Oh, definitely. Yeah. Plus it has sugar in it. Sugar, sugar. Because something is cheaper does not mean it's better. No. Spaghetti sauce is one of those hidden ones where they actually do put a lot of sugar into it. If you go down to the U.S. and you're buying groceries in the U.S., they have different regulations. And so high fructose corn syrup is actually hidden in Mm. a lot of those spaghetti sauces. So Mm -hmm. be very mindful. Look at your labels. Sometimes that's hard when we're sitting there with two kids screaming and fighting with each other through the grocery store. But planning. <laughs> yeah. Plan ahead. Planning ahead. Have snacks for your kids before you go into the grocery store. So they can yep. just like eat whatever they're going to eat. Another one that a family did that they said worked really well was giving each child a toonie and they can go and choose a canned good that they're going to donate to the food bank. And it gives nice. them a job so that they're yes. not freaking out. Yeah, there's, there's a couple different little gems, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> I do love, uh, yeah, exactly. I do love uh, that a lot of grocery stores have free fruit for kids. Yes. Well, yeah. they used to anyway. Someday they'll come back. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. they're not doing that program now anymore, but they they used to, which was lovely because it used to be a free baked item like a cookie, but then they switched it to fruit, which I really liked. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Some of the in the some of the research I've done, some of the um, ideas I have in saving money is consumers can make grocery lists before heading to the store and stick mm-hmm. to it. That's mm-hmm. pretty normal. To avoid impulse purchases, use grocery store flyers to bargain hunt. Right. Or I think there's some different apps. Do you use an app, Mel? I don't, but I don't have a I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> 
I love that. I don't <laughs> use those kind of apps either, but I know that there is some apps that actually do work in Grand Forks. That yeah, there are. That will do price comparisons. Yeah. Um, consider more affordable plant-based alternatives and products and buy frozen fruit and vegetables rather than fresh. Mm-hmm. So frozen vegetables. <laughs> well, they're Most actually... don't love them sometimes, but it's all about how you reheat them. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yes. What I have read in the past and you can correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of frozen vegetables and fruit is actually fresher than the fruit you get in the produce section. Yes, because it's been frozen at its peak. And those strawberries from, you know, Chile are, have traveled so far. Again, this is part of the processing, right? They've traveled and traveled and traveled. And then they're actually picked when they're not ripe and they're gassed on the way. So you're not actually getting that beautiful ripe strawberry that has intensified at all. That's why it tastes terrible. Yeah. It tastes Um, like water. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. But the ones you buy in the grocery store, those ones have been allowed to mature and they've just been frozen at the best time. Uh, so you're definitely getting peak. If nothing else, if vegetables are something you're like, I just can't do the vegetables, do fruit. You can use it just like it was fresh in a lot of ways. My kids will even eat them frozen like they were candy. Oh, my kids love them frozen. It's like a snack for them. Yeah. They love it. Yeah. 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 Which is fantastic. Yeah. And frozen veg frozen fruit has definitely gone up in price oh, oh so goodness. much yes oh my yeah. goodness and yeah. you know when they have those flats of blueberries on sale in this you know in like june july mm-hmm. grab them throw them out onto a cookie sheet put them in the freezer and then bag them up yeah and i do that so you can just grab a handful of blueberries and they're not one big mesh mess i don't even bother doing the cookie sheet thing i'm just like I actually put them in because I use them fairly quickly. So we buy those big tubs of yogurt and yes. so I put them in the big t- yogurt tubs and yep. put the lid on and the lid seals actually pretty good. And then before I open it, I just give it a bit of a knock on the floor. Like I just kind of hold it over the floor about a foot and just drop it. And then when I open it, they're all. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah, everyone has great ideas. Yeah. Um, I also like to make uh, homemade applesauce for the kids. Mm, uh, yes. You know, like, cause we go to the grocery store and they see all those containers of, you know, fruit and everything for their lunches. I'm like, there's no way we're not buying yeah. that, but I can definitely make it. So I use an apple base, you know, mm-hmm. apples and you can freeze your apples, slice them up and freeze them and make them into sauce later on when you have time. Yeah. I don't yeah. have time to process in the middle no. of September. No, I uh, freeze and- everything. Actually. I don't do a lot of, I don't can, I just freeze. Cause I just don't have time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can some, but mostly I freeze too. I do have the luxury of having several freezers, three, actually. Shame yeah. Three. <laughs> and when the Plus power goes out, you go, no, <laughs> that other deep freezes are fine for days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I put in some blueberries and some strawberries and some other fruit as well. So then they get that really fun color that they yeah. see in the grocery store and, and uh, everybody's happy. And then I put them in little tiny uh, mason jars that are Those super little, cute. Yeah. And yeah. then I throw them in the freezer. Just make sure you leave headspace. Even with mason jars, just leave some headspace. So I'm thinking like an inch so that they can expand a little bit and you're right. fine. And then you just take them out and put them in their lunch. By the time they eat them, they've defrosted. Yeah. And love they're it. also a cool pack at the same time. <laughs> I love it. And I was just thinking too, for uh, meat, for saving money on meat, there's actually quite a few places locally that will have beef and chicken and and pork that's not like if you go to the grocery store now and you price compare it's actually cheaper or around the same price um and you're getting a better quality meat yeah um, is something to look into 
So I do have to say Huckleberry Market has the best, yes. has the best chicken. You can buy a whole chicken there for way cheaper than you can anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is all the other stores, it's cheaper to buy the barbecue chickens than it is to buy the yep. whole uncooked chicken, except yep. if you buy it at Huckleberry. Yeah. They also trim their stuff really well, uh, which means you don't have a lot of waste. It's really. They trim it because that's where I work forever. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, they're one of the only places that actually fully processes their meat in-house. So everything yeah. is processed by a butcher and put out on the, on the counter. It's not brought in pre-processed. And then, so they also will sell the chicken bones from processing the chicken, like the, the, the carcass that's not able to use so that you can make your own chicken stock from that. I didn't know that. That's really awesome. Yeah. Often one of the very first things I teach when I do cooking on a budget is I buy everybody rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And we use all the meat for one meal or two. And then I teach them how to make the broth out of the, yeah. out of the chicken carcass. If you buy those Tetra packs of broth to make soup, it's ridiculously expensive. It is. You're paying at least two or $3 each. And you probably need two, two or three of them. If you're feeding a family to make the yeah. soup, it's not cost-effective at all, but I just make my own. And then what I do is I freeze it. Once I've, I've made the broth, I freeze it in yogurt containers yeah. and label it and put it in the freezer with measurements so that I know how many cups I'm putting in for right. the recipe, depending on the soup I'm yeah. making. Yeah. Uh, super. I mean, I was going to, you were through the bones in the garbage anyway, so it's free really. Yeah. You know, you throw a few onions and some carrots and some garlic in there. Sometimes I put ginger in there just to up the, the value, you know, during yeah. the cold season. Yeah. I like celery with chicken. Celery with chicken in the stock is always nice. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. great. One thing I do have to say about going back to meat and cuts yeah. of meat. I do love an instant pot for taking what would be really tough cuts of meat and improving them vastly. Right. Uh, but not everybody has access to an instant pot. They are more expensive, but they're definitely well worth it. And also I make my broth in it as well, but you can do it on the stovetop. Yeah. But when it comes to cheaper cuts of meat, low and slow, that's the key, right? Yes. When you're roasting it, you can even putting in an acid of some kind, so mm -hmm. like wine or even an apple cider vinegar, sometimes for certain recipes can help break down the fibers. Yes the sinewy part of it to make it a bit more. Yeah. Delicious. I've even added juice, like certain juices to yeah. it. And uh, it's always, it was always helpful. Even with like a, a beef roast, I've added cranberry juice and, and it worked out very nicely. Yeah. And it just is, it's cutting it down. So the cheaper cuts of meat is just about how to properly cook them is key. Uh, and then they're actually quite lovely. So. And, and those ones are always cheaper, always cheaper. Yeah. We, and we haven't gone back to organ meat yet, you know, like a long time ago, yeah. organ meat was also part of it. I'm seeing it more and more in the grocery store shelves. And I wonder if that will start to make a comeback. I remember we used to get in chicken hearts at, at Huckleberry. And I remember the first time I saw them being shocked a little bit at first, I'm putting it through the tail and I'm like, what are these? They're little mini hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I read the, I'm like, oh, chicken hearts. And I, I asked the person about it. I'm like, so what are these like? I've never had chicken hearts before. What do you do with them? Because yeah, I was, I was like, oh, <laughs> never. Yeah. Seen so this is very European, right? Not to waste yes. anything. And 
my, my mother was a British immigrant. So that was definitely, we had, you know, tongue and heart and kidney and all those liver, all of those things. I think that the organ meats are going to become more popularized. I think as the meat prices go up for sure, uh, they're going to have to be right. Yeah. But they can be quite good. It's just a cultural thing for us. I think, let me tell you a sliced tongue sandwich is actually quite lovely with salt and pepper. (laughs) (laughs) And I love steak and kidney pie. (laughs) I've had cow's tongue. I remember seeing the raw cow's tongue on the counter (laughs) (laughs) and with like, every little bumps on the top taste buds and everything being like oh my god (laughs) so you boil it and then you actually take that yeah then you take it off you take that inside is actually beautiful tender meat that you slice it nice and thinly and then you can put it on a sandwich and put a little salt and pepper and it's actually quite lovely it's very tender my mom refused to do liver because she grew up with liver and onions that was not very well cooked (laughs) and so she couldn't stand the thought yeah yeah and and bad liver is not good it's not good it really bacon is the key here (laughs) yes bacon makes everything better (laughs) although i feel like you put it on the price of bacon is going up exponentially as well so it's becoming less desirable you know alternatively you could use ham ham goes on sale quite a bit so if you have a recipe for bacon and you don't want to pay the price for bacon ham on those little hams often Mm -hmm. just be careful because they're really full of salt they are they are how they process i mean so so. is bacon oh totally right yeah so i mean if if you're going for it (laughs) (laughs) either way you're getting a salt hit i don't think that we're you know i don't think that even with the inflation that we're going to be eating, you know, potato peel pie or anything like that right. from World War II. But I think that we're going to see people eating less meat, which maybe be a better thing, you know, yeah. in some ways too. But that also means people need to start learning how to incorporate vegetables and the balance of beans and things like yeah. that to get their proteins. And they're going to need to be a bit, get a bit more creative when things are on sale rather than, I have a recipe I want to do. Cool. I'm going to go in and buy those ingredients. Great. None of them are on sale. So how right. is this economically? So having some good solid recipes in your wheelhouse, when you're going into the grocery store and knowing, you know, so, and having some basics in your pantry that you can always rely on is super important. Yeah and efficient because the other thing is, you know, we go home and, you know, we've been working all day and the kids are hungry and, you know, you just go for the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Pre-planning can be really important part of saving money as well. Do you have any suggestions around pre-planning for families? A lot of people like to do like, they like to do slow cooker meals. Right. I just sit down, you know, like on a Sunday often and I, I write down all of you know, I just kind of think about the week ahead and the busy mm-hmm. days. And I kind of think about what maybe I should be making ahead of time for that. Uh, and maybe even making it on the weekend. Sometimes I sit down on a Friday and do that actually. Yeah. So that I can kind of pre-plan for that. Yeah. Soups are really great. Soups, yes. soups, soups, uh, economical and healthy yeah. filling. And you can be quite creative with what you put in them. And they're quick. They can be mm-hmm. quick, right? I love leftover soup. So like you yeah. get leftovers from the fridge and make a soup out of all of it. Yep. And there it is dinner. <laughs> and you've yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like we need to be creative with our leftovers. Food waste yes. is huge. What did, where did I hear? I think it's like 30 or 40% mm-hmm. food waste that we have from our households, even from the grocery stores, which are starting to mitigate that a little bit. I know um, in France that they outlawed uh, grocery stores from throwing out 
uh, stuff that's kind of just gone off a little bit and yeah. they uh, either compost it or if it's still edible, they donate it, but they can't just be throwing it in the garbage That's good anymore. And yeah. I'm hoping that we move to that model as well. We do, we waste a lot of food. We live in a, in a land of abundance, but with a lot of poverty, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's a conundrum, right? It's, yeah. um, well, I remember it was, um, legalities was an issue, like working at the grocery store, the bread guy would come in and all the bread that would come off the shelf or, or bakery items that were perfectly fine. And it broke his heart. Cause he was like, this is such waste. And I, I would say like, well, and, and they, they now can donate it, but back then they weren't legally allowed nope. because somebody could sue them if they got sick. Right. And so yeah. all of that perfectly good bread was getting thrown out and it was really awful. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And uh, farmers can have access to some of that stuff too. So yeah. raising turkeys or pigs or something, they they can use those not ideal foods to beef up yeah. their animals a little bit, but also it's a great way of recycling because then you get mm-hmm. manure out of it. You know, mm-hmm. I have oh, chickens exactly. who don't lay very often right now. And yeah. uh, my husband's always like, why do we have chickens and you're buying eggs? I'm like, well, but they also do other things. They take all the table scraps and they make them into manure, which then feeds my yeah. garden, which then feeds us. So yeah. it's really a great relationship that we have a balance, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But not all of us can go hardcore like that with chickens and, no. and you know big gardens and things like no. that, but it's still, it's still feasible to help yourself, to help yeah. save yourself some money by doing a few extra little things that you normally wouldn't have done. Like, Do you have a suggestion for people on how to budget better as far as like budgeting? I have this much money this month. I need to spend this much on my rent. I need to spend this much on whatever else. And I like, how much should they budget for food out of their total that they make a month? What do you think? Oh gosh. You see now, so the food is the one thing that we have control over. We have our fixed costs and we have our unfixed costs and our fixed costs are things like our rent and our utilities, things that we don't really have a lot of control over changing that we know they're coming and they're going to be at that rate. And then we have our grocery bills and those can be changed. We do have some control over them, but then those are also the bills that suffer the most when the other ones go up. And our wages haven't gone up in, in accordance with them. So, you know, your rent and, or your mortgage shouldn't be more than 30% of your income. But the truth is in Canada, some people even as high as 50 to 60 to 70% because we're in a housing crisis. Yeah. And so that leaves very little for the rest. And so what's happening is at the end of the day, they're paying their utility bills, they're paying their rent or their mortgage, and they have very little left for yeah. food. And this is where the food bank comes in. But like in our food bank, you go in once a month, right? as far as I understand. So that's great. I mean, our food bank is fantastic, but they don't have the capacity for what a lot of people need. Uh, So that helps, but it doesn't help enough sometimes. We also have food programs within our schools and those do help a little bit. You know, every little bit helps. It does. It contributes, but it's not sustainable. No. So what percentage should be going towards food? I I really, I don't know. It depends on, it's really, it's the end of that barrel of money, right? It's like, whatever we have left, we get to go buy groceries. So, I mean, ideally probably it should be 30 or 40%, but it probably isn't for a lot of people. And so they go hungry. The children go hungry. We have children going to our schools who are hungry. This to me is unacceptable in Canada. 
Yeah. Absolutely unacceptable. Uh, some of it has to do with the fact that the family just doesn't, they don't have enough money to, mm-hmm. to, to buy the groceries that they need, but they're keeping the roof over their kids' heads. For some, they don't necessarily know how to efficiently budget their money to get the most out of it, to get right. the most food out of it, to feed their kids because they just don't have those skills. Yeah. And, and that concerns me that we've, you know, as a society have failed them. And hopefully that's where, you know, Seaball comes in and we try to right. help people where they're at uh, yeah. giving them some ideas on how to stretch their dollars a little more. I grew up, I'm the eldest of four kids and things were tight a lot. Mm-hmm. And my mom had big gardens to help with that. And she also was really creative for their cooking. Let me tell you, oatmeal is an amazing thing. <laughs> underestimate oatmeal you can make it fabulous so you know that there there is healthy cheaper foods but they're often really basic so you buy your you buy your dried beans Mm -hmm. uh they're way cheaper than canned beans i know it doesn't look like it because the bag of beans looks a little more than the can of beans but that bag of beans is like five cans of beans yeah 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 how do you deal with that you just soak them overnight but you have to think ahead this is where the planning comes in right you have to think ahead I want to make some baked beans. I'm going to soak the beans overnight and we'll do them tomorrow. And, you know, just sort of doing that. Our library has a very fabulous collection of cookbooks. Let me tell you, it is beautiful. They're very, very diverse. There must be three shelves of them. Go borrow some really great cookbooks and get inspired. And they don't have to be, you know, gourmet cookbooks. They have lots of great practical cookbooks on budgeting and, um, and making the most out of your money. That's a really good point because lots of people forget about the library. You know, usually you end up going online and and finding things on there. But yeah, yeah if you the, the library is a really great place for that. One I've thing heard. I don't love about the online ones is have you ever noticed when they're like someone's blog that they have all oh, good gracious so many ads you're doing it on your phone you know your kids screaming over here and you're yeah. trying to like read you have this to recipe. scroll you to the very bottom down. to get to the actual recipe itself. <laughs> so do you know why they do that? Um, so a recipe on its own can't be owned and copyrighted. Oh, okay. But online, but if they do the recipe and they have a whole bunch of other like commentary that goes with the recipe, then it can be copyrighted. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then of course the ads pay the bills. So, right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, if you, I still like to flip through a cookbook just for inspiration yeah, and ideas on, on what things people are doing. Do not underestimate soups. Do not underestimate them. They are great. Stoops, mm-hmm. Soups and stews stretch the meat. They stretch the dollar. High nutritional value, stick a lot of vegetables in. Kids don't know the difference. Yeah. I, I do um, a lot of pureed soup because my kids pick apart everything if they can see what it is. Yeah. Whereas if I just do the pureed soup and then sometimes I'll add in the meat in small chunks, um, sometimes the meat gets pureed with it, (laughs) but do that with a grilled cheese sandwich and they're totally happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cheese. (laughs) We all love cheese, (laughs) but it's, uh, that can be a very expensive thing. Yes. Um, Yeah. Definitely buying no name is better better way like in terms of the expense of it buying like something like a really hard cheddar uh, a really old age cheddar yeah. i know there's sometimes like a dollar or two more but actually that cheddar goes a lot further because it's the 
flavor of it the is flavor. so much in, more yeah. intense that you yeah. don't have to use as much of it. So that's yes. a, a good way of saving, saving money as well. Yeah. And potatoes, potatoes are fabulous as well. They are potatoes they are, and, and rice too, actually rice has not yeah. gone up that much. No, nope. I've noticed, and it can really stretch if you, you know, cook it and then you have to get it in the fridge really quickly, but it'll last a couple of days anyways. Yeah. Your starches, the like basic starches can carry you for sure. They do. And they bulk things out. Right. So, and even pastas and things bulk things out when you're cooking for a lot of people, that's a really great way to, to make things stretch out. So potatoes, potatoes, people have a love hate relationship with potatoes sometimes, you know, in terms of whether they're good for you or not, they are good for you. And yeah. the skins are great for you as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely bake, make a nice baked potato, pop it in the oven. I mean, yes. kids love baked potatoes. Yeah. And then you can actually make vegetables to go on top of that baked potato or chili. And yeah. you've got a whole meal right there. Uh, chili is another way to just kind of stretch out. You got lots mm-hmm. of beans, but mm-hmm. you don't have to put a lot of meat in there. Nope. Put in half the amount and see if anyone notices. Yeah. And they won't. They won't. Bulk it up with some vegetables and you've got a great meal that's actually healthier for you anyway. Yeah. Meat in smaller quantities, right? Like it's the can of food guide will tell you that as well. Yes. Okay. Eggs, 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 eggs are great. <laughs> the, uh, the the food bank actually often has an excess of eggs. They go through right. seasons where they have like tons of them. Eggs can be eaten for something beyond breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yep. I've made frittatas for dinner plenty of times. Yeah. Yep. No, they're so good for you. Uh, lots of nutritional wallop for your buck there. So yeah, don't underestimate using those as a meat alternative mm-hmm. uh, on a more regular basis that will help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different fun, creative things you can do with eggs. Mm-hmm. They're pretty, they're pretty diverse. There's even egg bread that you can make that's flour free. Um, really? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you, it, but you have to have cream of tartar, which I find fairly expensive, but you can make it stretch. I have the same cream of tartar that I've, I've had for like, I think like 10 years now, because <laughs> I just don't use it often, but when I Me too. need it, yeah, <laughs> when I do need it, I need it. So, and it always involves eggs or, or yes. Play-Doh, homemade Play-Doh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cause that's actually kind of a preservative. So that's yeah. why yeah. that works like that. Yeah. yeah. It's um, we're, we're going to get into some challenging times. And Oh, the other thing I was going to say that I find people have a hard time with is, is spices and herbs mm. can be very expensive, mm-hmm. very expensive yet. They're sort of a really great way of making food. Interesting yeah. dollar store go get your spices at the dollar store. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they're not the best, best spices, but they're, they're something right. Also herbs. You can actually grow a lot of your own herbs. Yes. As a houseplant. Yeah. So, you know, in the spring when they have all those herbs bundles, you can see them even at like extra foods, Mm -hmm. you could buy, you know, a thyme plant and a sage plant and just grow them in a pot on your deck or whatever. Yeah. And then what I do is I actually dry the herbs in the fall yeah. Or when they're in their prime, I should say they were in their prime at different times. And, and then I just uh, grind them all up and I put them in mason jars and label them. Yeah. Which is yeah. awesome. And yeah. they're ones that you can grow all season inside too. Rosemary, win- for example. Yeah. yeah. Or if you have a windowsill, you can just have, have a couple little pots and, yeah, and exactly. let the let one of them go to seed and 
then it just kind of continues on or have like you have the little corner pantry have one little shelf with lights and then yeah and then you have fresh herbs all year long yeah because you know when you look at them in the store you can buy fresh herbs now out of season yes it's crazy uh (laughs) so you buy a little pack of them and it's like you know five dollars dollars right that's crazy when you could just yeah, you're going to pay the same amount for one plant that will serve you for many, many meals. Instead, yeah, so. yeah, no, exactly, exactly. It's all about being creative. It is. Yeah. Which can be exhausting for parents, you know, yes. we already have so many other things that we have to be on creative the for. for. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but bring your kids into the kitchen, have everyone mm-hmm. participate and enjoy learning new recipes together. Yeah is is a great thing kids are don't underestimate how much kids can do in the the kitchen well I had one it was for one group I was we were talking about meal planning and I read an article about a family that what they do on Sundays is the whole family gets together and preps all of their snacks on Sunday so well and not even just snacks they they prep all their vegetables that they're going to use in their meals throughout the week on Sunday all together. So they cut up all of the vegetables and put them in containers in the fridge. So that's something that nobody has to do during the week. So like they can just, when they need a snack, they can go in and grab some sliced peppers or whatever. Or when the parents are cooking dinner with their kids, they can, it's already pre-chopped and they just toss it in. Yeah. And it's just like their family activity for Sunday. I thought that's kind of neat. I haven't yep. implemented it myself, but <laughs> it's like, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> it is a good idea. Just yeah. Pre-planning what you're going to be making. Yeah. You can always divert from it, but at least it's, it's something, you know, my husband always says, when are you not thinking about the next meal? I'm like, oh, welcome to my world. <laughs> First thing in the morning, I wake up and I think, what are we having for dinner? Right. <laughs> um, if I've kind of pre-planned it out a little bit, sometimes it takes a bit of that pressure off. It's right. Just, uh, I'm prepared. one of those people that's like in the chopped kitchen, you know, the show chopped on food network. It's like four 30 when I start dinner and I've just started thinking about it and I look in the fridge and I'm like, okay, I have these items, what I'm going to make for dinner. <laughs> I don't do a lot of (laughs) pre-planning unless I have a busy day and I know that I'm not going to be home to make dinner. Then I try and like put something in the slow cooker or something like that. I hate it when the kids are looking at me and they're all melting down and, you know, we're doing chores and we're hauling wood and (laughs) (laughs) no, it has been home all day. So it's cold in the house and yeah. 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 And they're all giving me the look. Oh yeah. (laughs) Do people need to eat again? (laughs) Yeah. Here's some toast with Pete or no, mine is like, have a banana. I don't, have a banana have a banana <laughs> <laughs> be ready soon for a piece of toast with peanut butter <laughs> yeah exactly exactly oh my goodness <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> mm-hmm. we sure have we sure have well the sad news is prices i don't think are going down anytime soon right. so we're just gonna have to work with what we've got right yeah. so yeah um, so what it sounds like a lot of the the price Things that have been mentioned are take a look at flyers, check out sales for the week, plan your trips to the grocery store. Don't just go on the fly. Plan ways to kind of grow your own food if you can, knowing that there's the community garden in Grand Forks, so you can get a plot in or you can set up your own little tiny space in your house, even if it's just a little bit of something to grow yourself. Never underestimate the power of starches. 
<laughs> rices and potatoes and pasta and freezing freezing items and going into the freezer section it's okay and planning out your budget how much food do you or how much money do you have for food that month and then seeing how you can stretch that at the grocery store and also keeping in mind which grocery stores have good deals on what because they're all different like you were saying huckleberry has good deals on meat and their meat is actually fairly good priced Am I missing any? Oh, yes. And then there's the food bank and there's the community pantry. Those are two programs. Around Christmas, they always have the hamper program too. And then there's also, which we didn't mention, the coupon program for the farmer's market in the summertime. Yes, that's right. That's right. Which I think they can get through Boundary Family Services. They can, yeah. Yeah. Boundary Family Services does it and so does the food bank, which is wonderful. So that offers you the chance to get vouchers and the vouchers are for fruit and veg and meat and eggs. You can go in and spend it just like you would money. Which is wonderful. And I love supporting local food providers as well. We have, we actually have a lot of great farms here that we do. If we don't support them, they will disappear. Yeah. So it's really important yeah. to support them. And that's why it's mentioning the meat too, right? Is that mm-hmm. a lot of it is actually fairly well-priced. I get my ground beef from Philip the Butcher and mm-hmm. he packages it in one pound packages Perfect. and I just stick it in the freezer and it was the same price as the grocery store or even mm-hmm. a little bit cheaper actually. But if you don't have space for a deep freeze, that can be harder to do something like that. But yes, it is yes. Yeah. yeah, the lack of freezer space also means you can't take advantage of things when they're on sale and buying yeah. a little bit extra. Sometimes yeah. sometimes your budget's so tight, you can't even take advantage of buying something in a bigger amount. Often things are cheaper if you buy more of it, but yeah. then if you can't, you know, you can't. If that takes out that the lion's way. share of your food budget, then yeah. it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's no shame in using the food bank. It is there for this purpose. And they actually have a birthday bag program. And I was interviewing uh, Linda Hines about it Mm because we uh, provide books. We we give donations to provide books for this program. And she put it really well. She goes, if buying presents and a cake and things for your child is actually putting you in financial distress, then this program right. is for you. You, you still register with them, but you don't right. have to be a current client and you on your child's birthday can go in and you get a big bag and you get the cake and you get the icing and you get all kinds of present ideas. Even yeah. for the older kids, they have gift cards and then they have a whole selection of beautiful brand new books. I have, I personally have selected yeah. uh, for every age range. What an amazing program. Books. It is That's wonderful. So cool. It's wonderful. So do not, yeah. it is not, there's no shame in using those services. That's what yeah. they're there for. If you're making the decision based on where we're not going to be able to buy groceries this week, but we're going to be able to have a birthday for you. Yeah. Please use the service. Oh my yeah. goodness. It's, I remember um, out there. Louise at the BCCRR too. The um, She was saying that with their toy library program, that families who don't have a lot of money have taken toys out of the library program and wrap them as a birthday gift. And you know how kids, they'll be happy about it for like, if you get a week out of it, that's pretty amazing. (laughs) But usually it's within the first couple of days, they don't care about it anymore. And so then you, once they've lost interest in that toy, it just goes back to the library and you haven't spent any money. 
Yes. I love that. She's, she, I've heard that story before too. Yeah. And um, it's the ultimate recycling recycling. I love that there's a toy library. I think it's fantastic. Also for grandparents who are, and we're going on a totally different topic here, but visiting grandchildren, they can go and borrow all the equipment. Totally. Yes. Yeah. But just different um, ways to save money, right? Yeah, exactly. It's all part of it. There's all these um, expectations that we put on ourselves yeah. for how we provide for our children as well. And it's, it's a struggle, right? When they go into school mm-hmm. and all their friends have certain things and oh, they I know. don't and, and all that guilt that goes with that, but uh, feeding them has got to be more important. And, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah and I, our schools all have active programs as well for breakfast they do. programs. Yeah. And I love that they don't, they don't stigmatize it. Any child can go and get a slice yes. of peanut butter toast. And yeah. they all do. And yeah. it's a social thing. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's lovely the way they've done it. And of course, like I've said before, the community pantry, there's no stigmatizing to that. Go and use it. Mm-hmm. Like it's there to be used for families that are struggling. And, and it'll be surprising. Like some families, some families can hide it really well. Right. You wouldn't expect yeah. some of the families that are struggling to be struggling. So just being okay with it's okay to go in. That's what those programs are there for. So please use it if you need to, if your budget is that you're spending 70% of your money on uh, utilities and rent and gas, and then you also have to, you know, spend stuff on, you know, maybe even clothes for the kids and stuff. And you have a very small portion for food, go and use the the food bank, go and use the pantry. Um, That's what it's there for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. That was lovely. I always love hearing from you. You have so many great ideas and you do so many lovely things in the community. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me, Mel. Have a lovely day. Yes, you too. Thank you. Riding the Waves of Life is funded by the Public Health Agency of Canada and provided through Boundary Family Services. All equipment used was funded by a grant from the Phoenix Foundation. Thank you.